you guys what's up i'm so glad you made it back for part two i'm jen alongside my co-host chris and we have a special guest that is still with us here from part one we are so jenna and chris have taken me against my own will they're trying to make me do some podcasts about this guy i don't even know who brian koberger is who, who the fuck is alec murdoch i'm from the uk Maybe we should start about what they found on him. Yeah. Yeah, well, they didn't find anything really unusual for someone at two o'clock in the morning. You know, just your average person that's fully dressed. You've got size 13 shoes on. Oh, Why are you wearing shoes at two o'clock in the morning? Yeah, and as, well, don't forget the gloves as well. Any normal person that's going to bed. <laughs> I can't. Right, travel to Pennsylvania. He's on the East Coast, I believe. Yeah. And he's travelled from the West Coast. So the so West Coast... Yeah, the West be Coast on, is behind. The West Coast yeah. is behind. Yeah, so it'd be a lot so earlier be a for him. hours behind. So 2 o'clock in the morning for him at that stage would have felt like maybe 10, 11, something like that. Yeah, it would have But why early. would he still be jet-lagged? Like, not that he took a plane, but well, he had be been nice there for, like, two off. weeks. It might be a nice time for Brian to go and operate. It's a perfect time, isn't it? Like, think about the amount of times that they've got him on cell phone data ping into his apartment uh ping in to 112 we don't know the time of that we don't know I wonder what time we don't know what was... time he's talking the house yeah well it makes me wonder if when he was in pennsylvania if at night i know that they were watching him for a few days mm-hmm. before they actually got him but i wonder when he first got there when he wasn't being watched if he was going out at night or early in the morning to get rid of evidence to like bury it or put it deep in the woods you know where he was at yeah little bits at a time anyway he he was a he was actually a frequent jogger because one of his friends basically had noted previously in the media one of the people that was actually worried about the knife crime that happened in idaho had texted his friend and said um i heard what's going on out there it's had me a bit worried like do you want to go for a run so he got himself a jogging partner Love behold, that that jogging partner was Brian Koberger. So the person that he was jogging with was the person that he was inadvertently afraid of. Um, he wow. came out in the media and spoke about it. So if Brian's like a natural jogger, as weird as it sounds, like, and he's Is a that kid, why he had a reflective vest? Oh. Could be. Well, it would be, yeah, it would be the reflective vest and mm-hmm. the flashlight. I'm assuming they'd play that off as him being. That's embarrassing. And the gloves. What do you mean? A reflective gl- vest gl- is embarrassing. I run with is, reflective um... stuff in the morning. You have to be seen. I'm a runner. Okay. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Okay. Yeah, that that will be played off. Whether or not, whatever he's like using that for, that'll be played off as him jogging. Like reflective vest and he's using the flashlight to like flash his light at cars when he's out for a jog. That'll be the play of it. Whether or not that's the actual true case of it. There'll be a defense in that if it's to be used against him. Mm-hmm. But then, I mean, like starting off, evidence taken from Brian Koberger's house. Number one, mm. knife. Like, like. But and, it, and here's the crazy like, thing. What? Like, and I'm not trying to skip ahead, but they said knife, and then I think at number five or number six, and maybe that is completely off. They clearly stated smith and wesson 
knife. So they didn't clarify the first knife. Which is weird, yeah. And they also there's also another one as well. There's a knife and a sheath, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is interesting. They don't want to write something down that could be false information and then be used against him. Yeah, it's a cover all basis kind of strategy. Mm-hmm. They do it for actually like they do it for a lot of things, believe it or not. But it is a cover your basis kind of strategy. Right. If they say knife, that doesn't make it a particular knife. Um, that leaves it to interpretation, which means it gives them more time to identify it and what it's been used for, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. If they give off exactly what it is, and then experts come back later in the case and say. Well, it wasn't this type of knife. It then gets thrown out. It looks bad against prosecution. It's a cover your basis kind of thing. For sure. Then what else stuck out to you with that? Because I can't wait to hear. Depending on that Smith & Wesson pocket knife, that's quite a nasty looking knife. you know. Well, I mean, all right, okay, let's go for it. So you've got a knife. You've got a book with the underliner on page 118. That's that's weird. Anyway, What do you think about that? Well, that'll be something that pertains... Um, it could be, for example, a paragraph. It could, it, it would be something that they're obviously b- intending to use against him mm-hmm. for whatever reason. It could be hey, underlining on page 118. You literally never know what it could be. It could be something as weird as, it could be a list of um, a house, fucking pit, like renting place, and he's literally circled the house. Yeah, it's just obviously something suspicious. I mean, they yeah, could circle could be a paragraph. Or, or, yeah, you know, it like, could, yeah, no just idea. something. It it's doesn't necessarily specific. connect it, but yeah, it's specific enough to be suspicious. Yeah, enough to be used as evidence because they're not just mm-hmm. ripping loads of books from his house for no reason, mm-hmm. are they? So, bit of a weird one. You obviously got the Glock as well. Um, mm-hmm. Then the Smith and Wesson pocket knife, which is again, I found it interesting that there's a couple of knives that have been taken in here: knife one, knife two, knife three. Um, again, that's just a cover your basis type strategy. That's why in the search warrant they obviously said that they're going to be looking for any type of knife, sheath, anything they can. That's because if they don't put that in the search warrant, they wouldn't be able to take it. So they've obviously got as many knives as they can sort of thing. But I do right. find it interesting that in the um, in the affidavit we had, it obviously stating about Ethan's wounds and everyone kind of suggesting somewhat that it was a sharp object that killed him. Um so whether or not there was two things that were used that night. Yeah. I yeah. look. Mm-hmm. Chris. We've been saying back, that. I was to say, back us up on this one. Because mm-hmm. from the very beginning, I said, leaving a knife sheath there is very, very stupid. Mm-hmm. But he is obviously... It's very, not, stupid. It's not stupid. stupid if you're not intending to put the DNA back into the sheath. That's forensically aware. So, mm-hmm. for example, there is like a multitude of different plays with that. One being the fact that, say, he uses the K-bar or even takes a different knife and puts it in a K-bar sheath. And he has a different array of knives on him. Because when he walked past Dylan, she didn't see him brandishing a massive weapon. So... Obviously, yeah, he could have deliberately left it there because there was no intention from him to be leaving, uh, to be putting that knife back into a sheath, to have all that DNA just okay. held in that. Because you can just clean the knife. Object. Yep. Yeah, it's another object for him to bury. Exactly. So. That's exactly what I said, I think, in <clears> one <throat> of our podcasts, that I believed he actually left it on purpose. I think yep. that he 
left it there to not only deter them, but to keep DNA off of him. Yeah. Not even, even if it was, like, in my eyes, it, it could have been left on purpose, but he could have genuinely, from my perspective with Brian, obviously, I've always said that theories and everything aside, I think he entered through the sliding door, didn't shut the sliding door, went upstairs. And obviously, if he's using a K-bar, depending on the military grade as to what that knife, what the state of that knife is, if he and yeah, like I said, my theory is that Brian entered the sliding door, left it open, went upstairs. Element of surprise. Obviously, all attackers have that. A small close combat situation. Girls being drunk that night, feeling like they've done everything to protect themselves up until that stage. If he enters, he's completely aware of the situation of what he's about to do, whereas the girls are in complete state of shock as to what's about to happen. Right. So he's forward, puts his hand over one of the girls' mouths or does something and then viciously attacks the first, then the second because as we know they were found on the bed so wherever he attacked them they weren't able to move, maybe it's the stomach region, maybe he hits in a fatal spot and unfortunately they pass within literally seconds from going unconscious if he hit Mm -hmm. the fatal spot in the heart that's under 10 seconds, if he hits anywhere within the abdominal region it's going to be hard for them to move in any way, shape or fashion neck mm-hmm. it's hard for them to scream shout do anything so as you can imagine he actually had quite a long time in there so say he struggles with the first person as he's attacking the second um i believe that his sheath could have come off and he could have noticed it come off but just not not cared just as you looked but- at it and been like well it's absolutely covered in blood it's underneath one of the victims I'm not going to pick that up and just cover myself in it. Like, cause if he's they could have grabbed room, it off. They, they could have yanked mm-hmm. it off. They could have yanked yeah, it well, off of him yeah, trying to get to the yeah. knife. But I, just, I just believe that he literally, like, whatever they've tried to do in that situation, I believe he kind of knew it was there but just didn't care. I honestly believe that he would have seen it or maybe it was dark and we all know that he's got the visual snow effect. But that's then when I believe mm-hmm. that Dylan shouting upstairs is what caused him to come downstairs and straight ahead of him. Maybe you've got Zana, Ethan. I'm assuming it's going to be Zana because I think Ethan's asleep because of the outline of blood on the one of the mattresses when it was taken out. That was a double bed. Uh, the outline of it obviously seemed to be Ethan because, as we know from what was released from the police, Zana was found on the floor. So once he goes downstairs um, straight ahead of him, unfortunately, maybe he just does not see to the right-hand side of him. Just tunnel vision straight ahead, goes for a second. Yeah. Uh, second back and then from there onwards it's just kind of a case of getting out we don't know what happened in the second room if it was any more difficult than to put up a fight so we just don't really know what what actually happened but we know at that stage it was time for brian to get the fuck out of there um, whether he wore the clothing underneath okay. his clothing that he brought and then just literally took his clothing off before he got in the car or as he was about to get in the car or as he's about to leave the home and wrap the knife in it and then just leave as we know that there's not a lot of prints going about things like that things to that nature so yeah i believe that he might have used at some stage he could have used a different knife he could have he could have as he's going down the stairs he could have put the k-bar somewhere we don't know and then used the different i knife. feel like he could have planted that that knife sheath i think he may have purposefully left the sheath because he felt confident that there was nothing on the sheath that would come back to him he, and maybe it could be a, a deterrent a, Technology, but Brian's not to know that his cousin has done one of the DNA exactly. tests mm-hmm. all on the internet and when you put your information on the internet like that it does state that it can be used by the police for DNA or whatever to match in any case that they need to 
So obviously, when you actually when you're putting your DNA on there, it's completely different. It is your DNA. So they're able to match and get a profile without him knowing specifically that they're even onto him and doing that. I mean, the mm-hmm. fact that he was emptying trash at 4 a.m. into his neighbor's bin is just another. It's going to be another fun case. Like I don't know mm-hmm. how the. You've got to come up with the most outlandish, stupid excuse for that. Like you know. For defense, yeah, but I feel like in his head, he said, well, look how long I've gotten away with this. Mm-hmm. I just traveled across the whole goddamn country, and they still don't know. In his head, he thought they didn't know. So... I, I, I beg to differ that he was paranoid as fuck, because he was wearing gloves everywhere, so he knew at some point that he was aware to a degree. If you're wearing gloves to the supermarket... You have to be... You've you've got to be you're still paranoid and as well like on on obviously the search warrant that we've got here you've got folder containing paperwork Acer laptop green leafy substance and green container obviously <laughs> they can't say what that is without testing it but like I said earlier in one of my you live know what that is it's not oregano is it so it's it's <laughs> it's obviously <laughs> it's obviously what we know do you know what I mean it's obviously what it is isn't it mm. at the end of the day. So we all know that Brian's having a little a bit of the old Bob Marley. And the thing is, from my perspective, I'd say that he's doing that out of paranoia. So it's to oh, relax yeah. himself. He's because tra- if he's I trying mean, to cope with yeah. what he's done, trying to get rid of his anxiety, you know what I mean? He might have a little tope thinking he's going to get away with it. But again, this now applies to the fact that for so long we've been told that Mr. Koberger is clean and he's not been an addict and he's not been this. But it turns out we've had one story from a previous um from a previous case that came out from like Reddit, etc., that there was someone that he knew that was do- he was doing drugs with, and now we've got another actual finding mm-hmm. of him smoking weed. I know, it's like but it kind well, of links into the Koberg is not so clean, is he? No, <laughs> and I think that he probably. Here's what I think. I think that he probably felt pretty confident in himself until the drive to Pennsylvania when he got pulled over twice. I think he was fully aware that they were pulling him over on purpose because who the fuck gets pulled over two times when they're not doing anything wrong? Within nine minutes. Right. So And getting let go. Yeah. And the second one being a, a lesser identified vehicle. So, I mean, it was very obvious. I don't remember if it was the first one or the second one. The first one was like cops. The second one was like an unidentified police vehicle of some kind, which is super sus. State police. State police. I don't remember reading what it like, was. But... So like reading Brian Koberg's body language as well from that interview, if you notice yes. that he looks, a lot of his attention goes to his dad to answer the questioning. And the reason being is, he lets his dad, who's obviously unaware of the events, play out the situation so that he can go off the scenario as to what he's going to give information-wise yeah. to the police. So you'll notice that what Brian does is he kind of just says, oh, hey, how's it going? And he lets his dad talk, and his dad says, oh, we've just come from WSU. It's not till his dad says that Brian's eyeline meets his dad as if to say, oh, the fuck have you said that? Okay, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. then. Mm-hmm move with that narrative to then play it out. oh we're just this oh we're just that you can tell he's in a panicky state because yeah. he's the way that he's looking over the way that he's like, glaring by the time oh his eyes are crazy. huge too he's like he has saucer eyes like he's terrified yeah i think so he knew right there the whole time because he's obviously in a heightened state where he's trying to figure out 
he knows the play, like you're saying. He knows the play there. So to Brian, it's a fi- he's literally trying to figure out. Do they know? Is this mm-hmm. the, is this the stop where they're about to pull me out of the car and it goes from here? So I'm pretty sure that he was in. A, he must have been in a rush after that to get as much oh, stuff yeah. out. That's why, that's why he's putting stuff in his neighbor's bins. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I think that really is when he knew that. Okay, they know who I am. They are watching. And me. I need to do it they, now. Yeah. Because they tried to play it off and say news outlets came out and said, which you could never trust the news outlets 100% correct 100% of the time. (laughs) Wait, what? News Nation is 100% correct 100% of the time. All right, we're fighting over this. (laughs) Oh, no. Look, I love News Nation. They're 100% correct. I am so glad that you said that. Um. (laughs) So, 